What is up, B.A. Familia, and welcome to another episode of the Breathe and Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank y'all so much for tuning in to another week. Y'all are in for a treat this week. Today, we have the host of Creators Are Brands, Mr. Tom Boyd, a.k.a. Tommy Tickets in the building. Tom's story is one that involves so many ups and downs from his beginning in the music industry to being drawn to creating at a very young age and to be able to carve out what he has now created in Creators Are Brands, being your authentic, true self and putting out your vision to the world. Anybody who has ideas, dreams, aspirations on the internet is where these things live. It's where these communities are built. And Tom has a very complex and diverse background in being able to grab people's attention and to be able to make them stay and listen to what you have to say. If you're interested in how to help tell your story and how to create with confidence, then look no further than this episode. Tom lays out a lot of useful tips and tricks, things that you can use when you are creating, when you think about creating, such as creative constructs and the way that you can bring your thoughts, vision, mission, and purpose into a tangible form that people can consume and be better for on the back end. If you want to hear more or see more from Mr. Tom Boyd, you can find him over on Twitter at B-O-Y-D-E-R-Yo. That's Boyder Yo. Or you can also find him at Bonus Footage on Instagram, where he posts a lot of great content as to be expected. If you haven't checked us out already, go over and check out the page at Breathing Air Podcast on Instagram or at Breathing Air Pod on Twitter. I always love hearing y'all's feedback. I always love hearing about the things that this show can provide that it's given to you. Or Tom would love to hear about it as well. So let us know what you think of this episode today. I'm always open for feedback. I'm just excited for you guys to be able to hear Mr. Tom Boyd. He has an incredible story, an incredible journey, and put stock in this man because he is going to continue to create and continue to change lives in what he is doing. All my confidence in him. And it's my pleasure to introduce to you, Tom Boyd. People, like successful people aren't busy, you know, they're they're deliberate and they get shit done, you know, (laughs) go ahead. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. We can get it going. I can already tell this is going to be a hell of an episode. We have Tom Boyd, a.k.a. Tommy Tickets, in the building. (laughs) He is a content creator and the host of creators are brands you can find them on instagram at bonus footage thank you for coming on brother yeah man let's let's rock out i'm excited to be on the show today yeah we're gonna have some fun so i know that you're kind of working on some new stuff you got some stuff going give us any insight that we can get on on what's to come 
And, you know, what can the people be excited about coming from you? Yeah, man. Uh, so I've been creating content. I've been creating content for like over 12 years, right? I started with a flip cam. Uh, I started in the music industry. I became an independent content creator. Like as a freelancer, I started making music videos. Then a big brand hired me. So I've seen like the creative world from all different angles. And I, I, uh, and I was very much inspired by like the, the journey of a solo creator, like the, like you, right. An individual that has this concept that wants to empower people to, you know, live life from their highest potential and they create a podcast around it and they build an audience. And, and the next thing is like, you know, how do we monetize that? How do I build a brand? And that whole entire process, man, it's lonely, right? Like there's not that many people in our immediate world that is there supporting us. And, you know, even though I saw the creative world from so many different angles, like working with an artist, being the artist, working with a brand, being a freelancer, being the brand, like all these different things. Like I've really had this, like this, this, this compassion, this empathy for the solo creator that is like, because there's so many challenges to getting their, their ideas seen and heard by the world, building an audience and monetizing it. So I started creating content on bonus footage on Instagram and bonus footage on TikTok, just around little things I've learned over the years that I thought would be helpful for that solo creator. Uh, and I'm just having fun with it, man. I'm really just experimenting. Um, I, I, I kind of take a 10 videos at a time and I put them out and I see what hits and then I make 10 more videos and then I make 10 more videos. And then uh, I got a lot of traction from that. So I started building the podcast and I interview some of the biggest creators out and, and I talk all about how they're building brands online. Yeah. It's, you've had a hell of a journey you know, through this content creation. And it's almost, you always hear like, I'm a content creator and that can fit in so many different lanes. What are some of the misconceptions that you've seen or that you've experienced personally about a quote unquote content creator in today's day and age? Well, I, I was just talking about this with my buddy because uh, that show is on Netflix called Hype House. Uh-huh. And and I was like, I, you know, I eventually, because it's kind of the wild, wild west right now where like everyone's just sort of figuring it out. It's like, a, and a, everyone's just like, all right, we can get attention. Right. Um, yeah. it, but like the hype house, like people, they're called content creators, you know, like the kids on TikTok, like just, just, you know, getting attention for kind of more, um, you know, ways that like, isn't like the most sustainable to build a brand around. And then you have content creators, like some of my favorite podcasters, like, uh, Nathan Barry, who's the um, owner of convert kit or, um, like Tom Billu, who's one of my favorite, um, podcasters and creators uh you know uh, the colonist samir right they're also content creators and i'm like yo that is such a different extreme of like content creator so the way i kind of chunk it down is you have you have attention driven creators and then you have uh impact driven creators or purpose driven creators right where the the attention driven they're just trying to get views they're trying to run up the numbers any way that they can and a lot of people are good at doing that but there's nothing really propping up or holding that that brand there's no foundation there then you have the people that are really seeking to provide entertainment and education and they're the purpose driven creators like the ones i mentioned before and that's kind of the lane that i want to go i like but i'm i'm also trying to find ways to incorporate a little more fun side into it because i i love humor i love comedy i love stand up and i i just think it's fun that you know people are stressed out i want to give people a little lightness a little funkiness with with my content and and get a little uh, education at the same time yeah i i definitely feel you on that because 
it's a fine line, uh, especially when you're building, like you said, the purpose side of things. You you are talking about serious things. Oftentimes it is, you know, maybe more of a somber emotion with, you know, what you're talking about. But this life is meant to be fun, man. Like, and people yeah. don't want to listen to that. There's there's a certain way to approach it that will be like, hey, we're gonna make you smile, laugh, we're gonna have fun and be real, but we're also gonna give you something that's valuable. And, totally. and that's kind of how I feel like sometimes I'll get into a certain thing and I'll be like, man, we need to spice this up to where people can digest it because it's real. It's raw. Like we don't want to be the guys on the uh, Zoom calls like suit and tie. Like, you know, nobody uh, no, wants to get that out wants, of here. Yeah. That's why that's why I wear hoodies in all of my videos. Yeah. I'm like, Yo, I need people to know that, like, we're, we're comfy out here. <laughs> yeah. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah, I saw on LinkedIn the other day or I can't remember. It was on some social media, all the pe people of uh, organization, they finally got together and they've had all these meetings over the years and they're, you know, watching Zooms or WebEx or whatever it may be. And they're taking a picture and it was kind of a parody of, you know, business up top. And then they got like yeah, the slippers yeah, yeah. and the shorts down below and Smart. stuff. It's like just, you can see just up top. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. What, um, what do you think, speaking of that concept, like, what do you think of how COVID has affected the creator economy and how everything already really was going digital, but now it's almost boosted that to a different level? Yeah, I, I um, let, let me, let me think about that for a second. I think, I think people, uh, I guess it, has it, it, it added? A, yeah. I, I think it might have a little bit. Uh, I think certain people, uh, you know, I, if anything, it, it became more competitive um, because everyone, everyone wants to be a creator now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like the, 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 the best content will continue to rise to the top. I think what you see is a lot of, um, I mean, the, the creator economy companies, I think that's the real thing that maybe the money saw the opportunity. So the, the investors and the, the startup founders were all like, oh, uh, there's a gold rush here. These creators are building audiences. We can make tools to help them run their businesses. Now, everyone's trying to build these companies to help them run their businesses because that's where everything is. Uh, so, you know, the good thing is there's a lot of creator economy companies that like I've been learning from and meeting and getting to know and, and they're building and, and uh, you know, starting to advise for them, starting to, you know, work with them on, on one-off projects just to, just to help them, uh, especially the ones that I, uh, I like and I, and I, and I support. Yeah. You, uh, you really speak a lot on energy and, and directing your energy towards something that you love and has content creation always been something that you were like, this is something that I really love to do that I'm good at. And let's figure out how to turn this into something that, you know, can yeah. be profitable. In, in hindsight, it is. Uh, but at the time, like, like now that I, I, I wasn't, I, I, like, I wasn't totally like self-aware of uh, the things I was good at and the things I wasn't good at until like, probably like four years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, but like there was a long time, but in hindsight, I can look back and I say, yeah, in college, when I wasn't inspired by any of the material that I was doing, I wasn't going to class. I was probably partying a little bit too much. I took all of the money that I had and bought a camcorder. 
and and like why would i do that and, and like i just something drew me to like capturing it and then i remember editing videos editing a video then with a computer that like you i had to convert the footage to like from the tape to the computer like i'm dating myself here a little bit but um <laughs> but uh like that it was right before the flip cam and then i finally got the flip cam but like editing a video took like two weeks to edit like because my computer was so slow but i just wanted to do it and i just wanted to share it with a friend um so looking back i can say like yeah there was something there and then i got the flip cam and like my natural instinct was oh i you know i started going you know working in the music industry my natural instinct was i gotta share this i have to i, I want to show this to the world and then um I've, i met someone from um it was going to Columbia uh, Journalism School, and and, uh, and he he was like, "Yo, you are changing the way uh, storytelling. You're 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 changing the way music journalism is is going to happen for the future, right?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm just sharing clips of my, this flip cam. I was it was basically Snapchat before Snapchat. Um, so I just had this like natural like instinct to want to share." uh things that i was curious about and 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 more so now yes i can uh i i do understand that i have a passion for communication i enjoy i enjoy the process of doing it i enjoy writing and i enjoy um connecting with people through uh concepts that are help are gonna help to motivate them in some way uh whether it's like a little bit of insight a different way of thinking um, that is going to you know help them in some way throughout their day as they're trying to put out content into the world. Yeah, you have this rich history in the music industry. I've I've heard you allude to it multiple times. Where where was the flip point to where you were like, well, we have an opportunity here to you know be able to make real content that's going to be something that's beneficial to the artist. Um. You know, I I don't know I don't know like I wanna I wanna say the no, the noble answer which would be, um if, if if I'm being completely honest I think it was just selfish I wanted to prove <laughs> I wanted to prove to people like I like honestly like this is and sometimes stuff happens this way right like so here's an analogy right some people get into health and wellness because they see the uh the guy with the six pack and they like start doing like the six pack like tricks that you see on the front of the magazine cover at the shopping like but if that's the segue to get you into it like that's fine with me right like yeah. that's not going to be sustainable you know we all learn once you get into health and wellness like that's not like the actual way to get a six pack but yeah. it gets you in, it gets some people into it right so my thing was like i think at the beginning if i can like kind of look at myself now with more self awareness it was a little bit of selfishness of I wanted to prove to people back home that we were doing cool things. Right? <laughs> so, so as I was doing that, the way that you know YouTube was working, um, people started see seeing it and like, oh, it's actually working as a brand. And then I started to see the opportunity there. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like this is actually more than me just like flexing on some friends back home. Um, but yeah, it was like a very experimental process. Uh, and we totally entirely failed <laughs> and like, and like most of it didn't work out. But I think that like, I, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in, in, uh, like e even in education, I think the way education needs to change is we need to help young people see their strengths and their natural gifts as early as possible and start building their activities and their experiments and their internships and their education around those, the, mm -hmm. the things that you can be top 5% in the world. And like, for me, it was content 
creating content, storytelling, and connecting with people. And that's what it really taught me. And that's what I've been able to leverage more recently with the brand, the brands I'm creating now. Yeah. What was that thing you mentioned earlier, that thing that someone had told you, hey, you're changing the game here with what you're doing. What was that thing that you were doing? Or what was that little kick that he really noticed? Um, it was, it was literally like, uh, like fly on the wall type content with my flip cam on tour with a, an emerging rap artist. Uh, you know, one, one friend who's a cinematographer, these are not my words, but he was like, (laughs) he was like, he, he coined what I was doing as, uh, it, it, um, invented, uh, uh, tour, tour videography as we know, as we know today. And it was more of like, the running gun style vlog videos on tour, like before Wiz Khalifa was doing it, it was, yeah. you know, it was with, it was with just a friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, that the artist was, his name Astro Roth. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, so it was, you know, the, again, at the time, like I see it as a very, I, I see it as the education for like what we're doing now. Cause at the time, like we didn't really love, we know, we knew we didn't love the brand. We didn't really love what we were doing. We were just trying to figure out what we were good at and what we wanted to do in the world. And like, we didn't really get to learn that in college. So we were like learning that real time with like, you know, just experimenting with putting out content. Yeah. How was that ride? I mean, coming up at that time with Asher and, you know, seeing that rise of, blowing up basically, um, you know, quote unquote viral, I guess you could call it. Right. Yep. What was that experience like? And what were some of the biggest things that you took away from that? Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a very love hate relationship with that <laughs> like era because there was a lot of things that I did. Um, just like that, uh, in hindsight, like, like no one would ever say it, but like, I'm like, I was very out of character. Like I wasn't being me. Like I, um, I wasn't living like true to my like principles, like just, just like, just like, um, and not, not like crazy things, but just like little things, like looking back, I could see like, you know, I was doing stuff for attention. I was doing things for, um, just to get the views like attention driven. Like we talked about the hype, yeah. uh, hype house earlier. Like, you know, I think, uh, you know, we got a hard knock education on it at this, at the time though. Um, I, uh, you know, we all came out of school. We went to school to be educators and then, uh, we went a very different path, knew nothing <laughs> about the music industry and then saw this whole entire world. And the one thing that I would have learned was like, um, the, the people that we started doing business with, uh, we just kind of like trusted, you know, everything was going to work out. We just trusted everyone had the best intentions. And you realize very quickly, like, it's very, like, a, it's very much like the typical, like, I got burnt by the music industry story. But like, like, I'm like, all right, it's a really cool, I got burnt by the industry story. And yeah. like, you, you, we get to decide if we're going to use it to learn and like, you know, apply that to the, our next projects, or if we're going to have a victim mindset and be like, oh, I hate the industry. No, like everyone's trying to put food on the table. All these labels got people to pay. All these people are trying to move up in the world. Like, and, and, and everything that I did in those situations, I either said yes to or no to. So a lot of it was like the, the areas that I would have improved on was the business side of things, um, being assertive, standing up for what I believed was my work and, 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 uh, and asking for, you know, the, the, the things that I felt I, I, I should have received in return for my work. Um, but I'm able to apply that so much now, like even in just day-to-day conversations with brands or brand deals or like, you know, you know. Uh, working with these new startups, like so much of what I learned there, I'm applying to like, just, just, uh, just being very, um, 
forthcoming about like how I believe I should be uh, included in on these projects and what I should be paid. Yeah. And that's, that's a great perspective to have. And it seems like sometimes we can look at, I wouldn't even call it a failure, right? It's just a lesson that we had to learn. Like yeah. I heard McGregor yeah. say like, no losses, just lessons, right? Yeah. It, yeah. But like, here's the thing. You're right. You're so right. You're so right. There we like, uh, the, it was, it like, we totally failed. <laughs> like, 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 bro, bro, bro like, you know, no, here, here's the analogy, right? I, and I told you, I have a, I have a football background. I, um, I remember, I remember sophomore year, right? I, uh, I, I was on defense. I was playing cornerback and the other team was on the goal line. And, and, and this guy goes to run it in. He's getting held up at the goal line, right? I strip the ball from him and I start running 99 yards, the other directions. And I'm, I'm, I'm just trucking. I'm trucking. I got the end zone in sight. Like it was teed up to me. Right. And I just started like feeling myself. I was pacing. I get tackled on the five yard line and I fumble the ball and the guy gets it. That's what we did. <laughs> That's what we did in the music industry. Like we literally had it teed up. But like at the like, I, you know, I can totally make excuses. But I'm I, I like whether or not it was my fault or someone else's fault. Like I think it was all of our collective of our faults. But I also think it also wasn't right for us. I think it was something that we kind of went into and we realized like something in us was just not aligned with what it was. So we, it mm. wasn't going to be successful either way. Like, like we were trying to figure out a way out of that, whether it was like um, through bad business deals. Like, I think that like we needed to like go through that to find where we are today. And, um, and I think, you know, I think everyone on the team is better off. And, and like, you know, a a Asher is like, he's thriving. Like uh, he's doing what he wants to do. He's, he's like, he's, he's in Philly. He's doing really fun things. Him and I keep in great touch and, and we had to go through that. And it was a, and like, I would rather those experiences. Like I'm like, Ash, we, we could have sat home and just like did the fantasy football league with our friends and just kind of like, and, and like just went through like the everyday things that most people go through. But like, yo, we yeah. risked so much. Like I'm proud of us for just going for it like we put our stuff in a u-haul everything we own and moved to atlanta and got serving jobs and valet jobs and like like made songs in a rat infested basement and i'll honestly it, well here's the thing for anyone that's listening and I, I i would prefer to if you didn't make clips off of this part because this isn't like the the brand that i kind of push now on my i very yeah. like it's very like a new uh chapter of of putting out content i try not to like like flex like that era but it does give perspective and context for listeners of like why i care so much about the independent creator now because i saw my best friend get screwed over a lot of money i i was screwed over a lot of money i've made a lot of dumb decisions as an independent creator like uh from that point till now and like this is just me sharing my real-time experience of of like hey guys like don't go this direction go this direction yeah <clears throat> and and I, I think that that's super important, you know, because I feel like sometimes we hate going, continuing to go back to the past and like pulling things up that might've really been like uncomfortable, bad situations when we look back at it. And yeah. I know that that's a totally different trajectory on what you're going, but I think it is, like you said, in context, so cool to see that, Hey, this was such an amazing experience. 
could have been a failure, could have not been, but yeah, yeah, look yeah. at where I am now and how many people I'm going to help not go down that path. Exactly. Exactly. And like, listen, like you, it's like so hard. This is, we, we talk about a lot too. I was like, you know, I, my man, I watched my homie go and like, people don't see this side of it. And I got this perspective. Like I, I've been around some of the, like, this is not an exaggeration the biggest stars in the world, like yeah. literally an intimate, like playing Mario Kart, like chilling shirtless, like, like just like eating granola bars, just hanging out. Right. <laughs> like I've seen them and they're like, just like the insecurities, the way people, these, these people think. And like, it is like, just because they have that, like, it looks like they got it figured out. None of these people have it figured out. It is very, it's more challenging for them. And I watched my friend go from serving pizzas, like as a de delivery person to being, um, you know, having a song top 10 on the charts, maybe it was 11. It was, it was pretty big, but like within, <laughs> within months. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, world tour, national tour, like on Jimmy Fallon, like all the things, right. Like, like seeing that overnight, you cannot go to school for that like there's no education for that and like what that does to your mind like uh, and like you know trusting people around you it does so much so like like i think we all need to have like you know, everyone's doing our best out here um especially a lot of these creators like they don't have the best circles around them they don't have like-minded people that are also trying to like achieve these similar goals so i'm just you know i'm, I'm just try trying to trying to help where i can and get in where i fit in yeah this is something and then we can definitely move on from from the music side of things in your past but i hear a lot of the content you know i've heard some other podcasts and things that you've done and you've talked about pharrell and like this interesting relationship that i feel like you two kind of had tell me a little bit about that and like what did you learn from that because he's is he, is he really like he seems dude he's he's better than he seems um and and and, and from my perspective and this is only from my perspective. Rel and I are best friends, <laughs> even though I, even though I haven't probably seen him in person for like five years, right? Um, but or talk to him. Uh, but no, no. We, I was in the studio with Pharrell for two weeks in Miami, um, and by I, it was Asher's session, and I was, you know, Asher's creative partner. So I was in the studio, and we got to see this man in his element, like. You can't find this on a documentary. You can't find this like, you yeah. know, on a live stream. Like I got to see him. I, I got to see like what he ordered. I got to see how he talked to his kid. I got to see the reality shows that him and his wife watched in the, lot, the room next to us. <laughs> like I got to see the way his, this man's mind thought and like or this his ideas and the, how he connected dots. And it was like it was had to be the most inspiring like two weeks um, like yeah. in my creative journey that, I, that I've ever experienced, just seeing the, seeing the way he operated, he's a true rock star. And like, you know, we hear about the rock stars that like, you know, do the drugs and stay up at night and do all the women. Like this guy does not smoke or drink. This guy shows up to the studio with his kid and his wife, right? Like with his family there. Um, he, he shows up like it's a job and he shows up at nine and he works for three hours and then he, and then, he, and then he takes a little break and then works for another hour or two. And then he bounces like, like most musicians, they show up at 3 a.m. in the morning and like, you know, get lit up. And, 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 and so like just seeing how this guy operated and be like, yo, there's a different side of a rock star that is out there. It's just not getting headlines because it's not that exciting or flashy or sexy, but like it's possible to be a really good person in this industry um, as a creative, as an entrepreneur who he, he also is. He's like he's kind of the embodiment of all that thing. Like if, if, if creator was a word back when he was starting, like 
like, like if there was like TikTok, YouTube, like Instagram, all the things, like he would have been like one, he, he would have been like, like taking full advantage of these spaces and probably going a full, full blown independent route. Yeah. I always think it's so intriguing to, you know, take a look into someone's habits, their mindset, and like, especially someone like that who has such a different take, it seems at times, who hears or maybe sees things differently. You know, for him, he's, his ear is just so different, right? It's like someone who has such a good palate or a sommelier, they're like drinking wine. You're like, do you taste that? I don't taste that. Yeah. It's like seeing people's perspectives, which I don't think we do enough in today's society in general, is putting ourselves in like other situations that may be uncomfortable, uh, but really change the way that we view things. Has there been specific times in your career and your life where you were like, whoa, this is going to be really uncomfortable, but at the backside of it, you came out so much better? Yeah, you know, I think I think the whole process, I wouldn't say it's a specific thing, but the whole process of learning to talk about money as a creative uh, has been like an uncomfortable experience that I'm very proud that I've gotten really good at. I used to not be good at it at all. I used to like, because there's so much of like in a creative's mind, you make something and we make something because we want to be seen and we want to be accepted. Right. And part of that acceptance is we want to give everyone every reason to accept us. So one of those reasons is to not charge appropriately you know, maybe charge what don't value ourselves the way that we should be. And so like, you know, young creatives and fr freelancers and musicians and creators, like they get taken advantage by the suits, by the big managers, by the labels, by the brands, right. All the time, because they have this, like this, or at least from my experience, I can only speak from my experience that like, I would charge low because I just wanted to be accepted. But like once I like love myself more and like really understood my gifts and was more self-aware, then I was just like, listen, like the, one, you can frame the price in a way that isn't going to make them hate you, you know, <laughs> and, and two, if even if they say no, like I started to think of the math. All right. If I charge you double or like ask for more um, every single time, eventually it's going to even itself out. Like I may get less you know, less deals or like less, you know, people paying me, but I'll make more because I'll be charging double. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, like just learning, just going through that has been really a fun, like at first I was fearful, like talking about money, like when to say, but on the phone call, like I'm excited to talk about, Hey, can you talk about like, what do you, what do you guys want to invest in this? Just like how you frame it, like gets everyone on the same page. And uh, I just think having, um, yeah, just, Finding comfort in talking about money as a creative person uh, has been an uncomfortable thing, but I've uh, I think the more you do it and the more you see it as an experiment, the better you'll, you'll better you'll get at it. Is that something that just came from reps for you, or was there kind of a light bulb moment where you heard something, saw something, read something, or uh, kind of come to fruition? Well, I'll tell you a really great book. I got it right here. Um, a friend suggested this to me. A happy pocket full of money, infinite okay. wealth and abundance in the here and now. And I, I'm into this sort of stuff. Uh, but uh, whenever I feel it, like I feel like empowered that like, listen, we all have like this ability to uh, to put ourselves in a position to receive money. 
And I think a lot of my thinking um, growing up was that like money was connected to people that aren't good. They are greedy, that take advantage of people. But then I realized that like, no, that's not the case. Just like I said with Pharrell, like he doesn't get credit for being a rock star because he's not partying and doing drugs, right? It's like the people that are doing good with money just don't get the attention. We hear about the headlines of the people doing the schemes. We hear about that stuff. So we connect all of our memories around rich people that like took advantage of people that didn't have money. But there's so many people doing good with money that are using it um, to reach more people, to serve more people, to empower their creative ideas, to create time freedom to be their best version of themselves so they can be more present for their kid or for their relationships or, you know, or whatever. So no, it's been an ongoing thing. I think a really great resource, this book, um, as far as the creative sense, this guy named Chris Do. Chris okay. Doe, how do you, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Dio, Chris Doe. Um, he talks a lot about this value-based pricing and he just gives you these frameworks for thinking about pricing your work as a creative. There's another guy named Jonathan Stark who talks about um, pricing your work and they just give great frameworks for how to think about like your time. So even as a creative person, we say, oh, um, I'm going to charge for this video. You Like so many of us just like, say, oh, it's a 30 second video. I'll just estimate it costs this much, but they don't factor in like the time it takes to travel back and forth to the location, the time it takes calling people to, you know, to, uh, to, to get on the set, the time it takes wardrobe. And like, by the end of it, you're losing money based off of the amount of time you put in the project. So it's been an ongoing process. Uh, and I think that those couple of resources have been, have been key for me. Um, also the effect that, uh, like, just this is what I do sometimes working with these brands. Um, I think about, right. All right. If I, if I don't charge what I'm worth, right. There's still going to be a CEO somewhere that's chilling in his office with his feet up super nice in Palm beach. Right. Like, like he does not care if I charge an extra $500 if I, and, and, it, and like, it, so, you know, you might as well ask for it. The worst you can get is, Hey, we're not going to pay that. Maybe this amount. And here's a good framework too. I'm going on a rant. I hope this is helping people. Here's a good framework that I've used. This is probably the one thing. If, if you're going to take one thing away from like thinking about charging for stuff. If they accepted your first offer, whether it's like equity, whether it's like you know, money for a brand deal, whether it's charging for a video, if they or for you, for your podcast, if they accepted your first offer, you did not charge enough. <laughs> you could have got more. And I challenge you to, to just like, you know, sometimes I'll do this. I'll be like, all right, a thousand dollars. I think 1500, no rhyme or reason looks a little better. Let's see what they say. <laughs> you know, like, what are they going to, like, all they can say is no, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's, it's very true. And it's interesting how we make these weird assumptions or these stories up in our head on, like we you do. said, I just want to be accepted. Like, Maybe if I come a little lower, they'll take it. And then I'll be like, okay, I didn't fail. Like, And, good. and then here's the thing too. Then you resent them. Then you resent the whole project if you don't. Uh, and then it doesn't set it up for a good relationship. But the people that like are paying me, right? Like I want to show up for that. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is worth my time. And then yeah. everyone wins from that. Yeah, that energy is reciprocated. I think that can apply to a lot of different things, but that's that's really a good point there. It's like, you know that your time is the most valuable thing that you have. Yeah. So make sure that 
you feel like you're appreciated in it. In turn, they're going to get the best product from you. Yeah, totally. So oh, wait, 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 one more framework. Yeah, um, yeah. I find, I don't know how many people are like freelancers or charged for their creative work, but I find that the people that are like trying to haggle the most and trying to skim the most at the beginning, they're the worst clients to work with. They're the ones that are over your shoulder the whole time. They're the ones that are just like a, a hassle the whole entire time. The people that are like, yeah, send it. Let's go. They expect you to just be a professional, do your job, make the thing and keep it moving. And I find that like pricing more is to, helps to filter out the people you actually want to work with too. But yeah, yeah it's, that's, that's a, that's a very valid point. I actually saw a buddy of mine post something very similar to that. It was like $25,000 client. All right, here, I just sent the money. $500 client. Well, what about this? Change what about this? that? What yeah, about yeah. that? One da, more da, da, da. iteration. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's so, I saw that meme too. It's, yeah. it's so accurate. Yeah. It's, there's also this concept, I think, in content creation where, you know, you want to be a perfectionist, even in your own work, when you first start putting yourself out there and you're sitting, you're looking at the draft or whatever it may be for six, seven times, you start picking it apart, especially for someone that's first starting and they're like scared to take the leap to put themselves out there. What's your advice to them? <laughs> my, my advice is one. All right. One, I'm definitely better at this. I'm not, I'm not perfect at not trying to be a perf perfectionist though. <laughs> right. Like th there's things that, uh, I definitely, you know, I'll look at a video from a week ago. And I'm like, Ooh, I, I hate myself. In that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. but I would challenge yourself, right. Especially in today's day and age where like it, there's not always a rhyme and like, all right, here's how I measure content. Um, this will give you a bar, right? This is how this is where I'm at with it now. All right, there's two boxes that it needs to check. One, am I genuinely curious about this? Is this something that like when I go for a walk, like I think about this? Like this is something that like my, I really want to wrap my brain around. Um, and two, is this something that I would tell at least one person? It's the curiosity rule and the We'll share to one person, bro. Like, so, so me and you are going to be friends, you know, after this conversation. Of course. And if I find a book that I'm like, you know what? I really want to tell him about that book. In my mind, that's a good piece of content because if I want to share it to one person, all social media is scaling one person interactions. So if I want to share this tidbit from this book, all making a video about that is just sharing my interaction with you. Um, so I'll have conversations with friends and I'll, and I'll say something and I'll hear him be like, yo, I never thought of it like that. Boom. That's a video concept. So like I, I start there, right. Then when I make the video now, like in hindsight, yeah, perfectionism, like dude, when we used to shoot music videos, it would take three months to make a video. Um, because like you got to make the song, then you got to get the song mixed. Then you got to get the people for the videos. Then you got to get the director. You get all the things you got to show the like, and then the edit of that. Right. But like that era of like the, that era of like waiting for content or like in that era, it, it, it kind of worked. People didn't expect people to be as consistent then. Um, but still I, I would have done it. I wish we did it like every week and just totally just, just, uh, relaxed on like trying to have every little box checked for each of those videos. But now, especially on social media, people are very forgiving about like, you know, more raw content, you know, text, not being text, not being right in the video, uh, you know, your face a little, you know, 
out of alignment. I, I, I would say do a couple of experiments and do something like when you see something that's a little off, like this is what I did the other day. Like there was literally, if you look at one of my more recent videos, there's lint, there's a ball of lint on my head. <laughs> it was like, it was on like the washing, washing machine floor. And I was like, I, I, after I shot it and edited it, I went to put it up and I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, you know what? If anything, it's a talking point, <laughs> you know? So I put it up and I, no one said anything. Like it's only like, we look at each thing. It's like the way people are consuming this content is they're standing in line at target and they're scrolling with their thumb. They're giving you 3% of their attention they're, They don't really care. Right. So yeah. like really, especially when you're starting out, the name of the game is experimentation. Uh, like I said before, creating in like, those, those sets of tens. Did I say that on here on the other podcast? Yeah, you did. Okay, you did. yeah, yeah, yeah. So creating the sets of tens, seeing what works, seeing each 10 videos as an experiment, and then just seeing what the platform likes, what your audience likes, and what you like, and then, and then make it a little better for the next 10, and then make it a little better for the next 10. And as you do that, you'll start to naturally become a better storyteller. You'll start to stack these skills over time where like, you don't even think about like making the perfect product anymore. You just think about connecting with the people that need the content. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a fire bar because it's, people sometimes go into this as thinking, let me reach the world, right? Which yes, you have the power to do that. But at the same time, there is a set amount of people that need to hear exactly what you have to say. And those are the people at the end of the day that you want. You want that community that's really bought into exactly what you have to offer because you're not going to be able to appeal to everybody. I'll give you an example. So I I, I love the digital course space. I'm going to make a course eventually. I'm just trying to figure out my angle. And for the last couple of years, I like, I listened to a lot of like the people in the digital marketing space. And, you know, I went from one podcast to another podcast and I never really bought a course and like invested a course like that. This was a couple of years ago. And eventually there was someone that was teaching it in their style in their voice and the right timing for me that made sense that had a very similar product to everyone else. But for some reason, their voice resonated with me. Mm. And so I, I gave them my money. And I think that's the case for everyone. Um, whether your product is a podcast or a, a TikTok or a Twitter thread or a Substack or a newsletter, right? Like I think that like most people like have like a style of content that fits their d- style of delivery and an audience that wants to connect with their specific voice. I, 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 maybe I'm biased, um, but I, I do believe that. So like the thing is, it, it's not like these, all these people were competitors. I just needed to find the, someone that I resonated with the most. Like some people will be like, yo, I don't like Tom style. I don't like the way he communicates on this podcast, but this person over here is talking about the same exact thing. He just is, does it a little bit more um, conducive to the way I learn. And that's totally fine. Like there's enough yeah. to go around. Yeah. Is there, are you curating when you're talking about these different, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, are you curating content specifically to these platforms or are you kind of saying, Hey, this is me. Let's send it out. Blanket statement. Yeah. Um, so you mean like, am I creating something specific for TikTok and not uh, like, like making it yeah. very contextual to that platform and not thinking like, I'm going to make one video and send it everywhere. Yeah. Right. Correct. 
so like, is there different techniques for definitely a TikTok versus a real 100%. or versus Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know all the nuances just yet. I will say this. There's two things that I, so, I, okay. So I, I believe that short form video content is the one type of content that is the most versatile that essentially every single platform is competing, putting hundreds of millions of dollars into, if not yep. billions, well, probably billions of dollars into being yep. the leading platform. YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, um, TikTok, I'm sure Twitter soon, uh, uh, LinkedIn, all of them, short form, vertical, 60 second tops videos, tops. right? Yeah. So, so that, that is a great way if you if you're like yo this I'm doing this as a side project that is a great way to start if you're like yo I'm going to create one type of content I think short form video content is the way to start um if if you feel like you can and you don't have to be on camera it could be over the shoulder it could be screen share it could be a lot of different formats um I do I do think that's true but there are nuances to each platform so like TikTok, I believe, is a little more conversational. It's like it's it's actually more like Twitter than it is like YouTube, where it's an ongoing conversation. People seem to like raw video content there. It like like straight from the the camera, like reply videos, stitch videos. Like it's more the the way Twitter has retweets and shares, and like um you can do all that with reply videos and and, and stitches and all those things on TikTok. So I do think a lot of videos on TikTok um. Uh, don't oh, they do do well? Don't convert on Instagram. Instagram, I believe, is more visual. Uh, it's more um, like so. I think like photographers do well there, where they see like the before and the after of the photo. Uh, artists do really well. Artists do well on TikTok too. Like there's some some of the ones that like don't require like language in the videos. Like like there's all you yeah. see is the visual and like music. They yeah. usually do well on both. Um, but I would say Instagram is a little more polished. There's a little bit more of like a like a produced um, type of content that that I would I, people. I mean, I might be wrong in that, but that that's based off of like maybe just the accounts that I I interact yeah. with. No, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but this is what I'll say: if you're starting out, and I learned this from Jack Butcher. Do you know Visualize Value? Um, it's I a, may have. What is it? You probably you probably seen it. He's the guy that does those Instagrams and and, and Twitter photos where it's like just a black frame and then there's like a there's like a graphic in the middle with like a little subtext on it and it's yeah. usually he he takes Naval. Do you know Naval Ravikant? Yeah. Yeah. It's Naval Ravikant's principles and like distills them down into images. And he and I took his course and it's a fantastic course. I highly recommend it. Build one, sell twice. I'm not an affiliate, but like by far, like one of my most recommended courses when it comes to thinking about your digital brand. And uh, so he he says at the beginning, he says, um, make one when you're starting out your account, make one decision that will make a thousand decisions. So pick one platform right? For six to 12 months. So boom, that's the only decision I need to make. Get really good at that platform. So all these platforms have different nuances, when people engage, what time they engage, how they want to engage, the type of people on these accounts. So get really good on this one platform. But then part of making one decision that makes a thousand, he would say, all right, I'm only going to make images that are black and white. Boom. That's a decision where he doesn't have to decide, do I need to put red or blue or ink or all this stuff? Boom. That's it. And then geometrical figures. Like that is like, it makes it gives him this creative constraint that he can then 
filter all his ideas through on this one platform. So he gets very like he's able to see the reactions uh, of how this is working and continue to build and iterate like his creative ideas through those filters on that one platform. Then after six to 12 months, you get, you know, 25,000 on one of those accounts, 50,000, whatever, start moving over to another platform, then take the ones that work there, go to Instagram or, or go to Twitter. And that's what he did. He built his account on Twitter first, then on, then on Instagram. Yeah, that's, I like what you said there about the creative constraint, because you would think, oh, I don't want to be constrained in my work and in my creative thought process. But in some ways, it kind of reminds me of like the discipline equals freedom thing. You got to put some type of blinders on or else you're going to see a lot of, you know, cars passing by. Dude, it's, it's so true. And it's really hard for like entrepreneurial type, uh, creative so types. Hard. Um, Dude, I'm so it, bad at that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so helpful. I, I did it in a sense with my videos. So like I want to make like, bro, like I love making vlog videos. I love making like more exciting videos, but like right now in like, um, where I'm at, I was like, all right, what are the, what's the thing that I can be very consistent with? I was like, all right, I got this set up here. I got this little lay. I got my camera. I was like, all right. So my creative constraint will be getting creative with the actual words that I'm saying in my video. I'm going to talk to this one person. I'm only going to use yellow text. I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to do this a hundred freaking times. And then all of my ideas, like, I'm like, I filter through that. And then what it is like, it's like, it's mm. like these artists that make songs, right? Their cre their creative constraint is, all right, there's three verses. There's three hooks. The song's three minutes. Like that is like a song. For Pharrell is a creative constraint, right? <laughs> like he could make a fifth, an 80-minute song if he wanted. But like, 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 so here's the thing. So imagine every single time people did like a different format for a song, they would never get better at like, you know, a, 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 you know they start to realize, okay, a hook works best when it's 12 to 15 seconds long. Like, so then like, that's another constraint. And each time you get a little bit better stacking on like your understanding of what works, um, how your skills show up with what works. Uh, so like, that's why I like the creative constraints because you can filter through that. And then you learn, you can, you can start to see real world feedback of, of what you need to improve when you have constraints. Yeah. That's <clears throat> really, really good advice. And it's, Definitely speaks to me because I feel like anyone who is that ambitious type, you're listening to the show because you want to get better in one way or another, right? You wouldn't be here if not. So a lot of times high achievers like that have squirrel brains. Sometimes, you know, we want to keep moving. We got to like really kind of focus that, you know, you're that sprinkle of ADHD that most of us probably have, but you got to really, really focus that. It reminds me too of you know, whenever you're starting something and you're building something and, and it's a mess because there's so many different pieces. And sometimes you get crippled by the fact that you think there's so much stuff going on at once that it's hard to be focused on the end result. When in reality, like you're going to get a lot more out of that once you've created the systems, you've created the processes, and then it kind of almost becomes a plug and chug so that that more monotonous work is already set as a foundation. And then it gives your creative freedoms. Like you said, you have those and you can just funnel it into that system. Yep. So then it takes the monotonous, like the harder side of creation. Uh, it just becomes a funnel once it's created. 
Totally. And and what I would suggest too, and this is what I do is like, I have, you know, I have the squirrel brain. I, I, I get excited. I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I just have a list of like, nice to nice to do ideas or nice to have ideas where I'm like, all right, in the future, I'll hit that in the future. Okay. This type of vlog channel I want to do in the future, like, Oh, this type of podcast episode. But like right now I have to stick to like the things that are going to make the most, um, uh, 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 the, be the most effective for moving my brand forward. Um, yeah. and again, too, it all comes down to, I think like all of these conversations need to be prefaced with like, what's your goal, right? Yeah. Like some people want to just like have it be a hobby, just want to enjoy the process. Like is your goal money? Is your goal like attention? It like, it, it all varies. Is, is your goal like, you know, reaching people like every, every it, it all depends on that. But yeah, like for me, um, having a creative constraint is, is so helpful. You know, you know who talks about creative constraint? Um, there's a video and I would, I would, I would highly recommend searching it. This was a video that was a, was a game changer for me. I probably saw it like five years ago. You know, the brand Chubbies. Yeah. I think they're cre- It was their creative director or like their, their head of content or something. He did a speech at, at, um, some like marketing event. So if you look at like Chubbies, if you, if you Google like, like Chubbies, <laughs> Um, uh, viral strategy like it'll probably be there on YouTube, and he, yeah. it's like a ten-minute speech, and he talks about constraints. And he talks about one of their videos with that, like, um, like they had like two hundred dollars to shoot it, and that's a creative constraint. And he was like, later we had one, we had five thousand to shoot it, and our videos got worse because like then our idea, then like we could put the money in so many different places and it kind of watered down like the actual substance of the video. So he was saying they were actually better when they had less money because it was more of a creative constraint to filter ideas through. Wow. That's perspective too. I think it's, it's so interesting. Like, Oh, I wish I had this and I could do this. If I had this, I could do this. There's so much to be said for, you know, less of the planning you know, I saw this thing the other day where it's like, you get dopamine from planning certain things. You're thinking about like, Yo, oh, I'm going to do I this. I saw like, the same thing. This is awesome. Like, I'm going to do this and this. And your mind's like thinking about it. And you're like, oh yeah, when I get there, this is how it's going to feel. Like there's something to be said for that too. That's a totally sidebar, but you can get stuck in that process versus acting. You know, you can almost get that paralysis of having all these ideas and too many of them and sitting on them instead of, Hey, sometimes you love the guy that's just going to send it and he's going to shoot a bunch of shots bro. and, and most of them are going to miss, but he's going to hit one versus this yo, guy took like five. <laughs> yo, th- yo, that that's my, that's my motto. And I'll tell you right now, it wasn't always that I, I was caught. I remember like, as you were saying this, it kind of triggered me because like, I used to be the type of person that when I made a video, when I made something that I was going to put to the internet, I would send it to 10 people. And be like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And like, just so insecure about like, like what I, I wanted to protect myself, no. make sure it was perfect before the world saw it. But now, and th- this, this year with this content, it, I don't do that. I, I, I rarely do that. If anything, it's, it, it'll be like a, this or that it'll be like, yo, do you like the text like this or the text like this? It won't be like, do you like the video? Should I not post it? It'll be like a very like specific thing, but like either way I'm going to post it because like uh, it, it just getting in the habit of sending it 
and and not sending it to your immediate friends. Let them see it when it's on the internet. Right. Let them let them let them uh you know react like and and it's kind of even cooler because like my like there's certain people that are like yo I didn't even know you were posting this content like well, like how come you didn't like you used to send me everything you know like. Like yeah. that gets you in like a habit because what happens is you'll get three different perspectives. One person is like, oh, I like it, uh, oh, but I don't like this part. And this person is like, I don't like this part. And all of a sudden you, you listen to all of their edits and it waters down the creative vision that you even had in the beginning. Yeah, you get your mind starts grabbing those and it's like, oh, and then you start seeing those little things like the lint on your hair on your head. And Yo. most of the people aren't even looking at that. But like, that's the only you're laser focused on that. <laughs> Yo, I challenge you. Next, I challenge you, whoever's listening to this, put some lint on your like shoulder or your head in the next video and just let it fly. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be like a nice, a nice creative practice. Yeah. It's crazy too, because I feel like little things like that, that we would be insecure about no are almost about. like, yeah, either people, one, people aren't going to even notice or two, like you said, it's going to be an engagement, like more engagement on, on the other yeah. end. Like it's, yeah, I, I, I've been, I've, I've been kind of like playing around with that. Um, it's, it hasn't really, I wouldn't say it's made a, a tremendous impact, but like playing around with like a couple things in the videos, like the one video I was like, I was just stacking my hard drives. I was like, what could I do while I'm saying, I saw this? that one and yeah. I was just stacking them. And like everyone in the comments is saying like, what are you stacking? And like real people, like people that like create content, do video content, they know. So it like, they know, and like they're responding. So it has created engagement. It didn't like send it viral in any way, but like it did stir up like a good amount of engagement on that specific video. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. We were talking about goals earlier. Are you uh are you a New Year's resolution guy? Like what's your take on a New Year's resolution? Yo, I, I'm not like a big um I, I'm a big like yo, let's get it every freaking day. Like, like every every week. You like like uh, I think I think there's a lot of hype. I, I think like like I said, uh about the you know seeing the 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 10 tips on how to create a six pack on the magazine cover, right? Like if that's what gets you in to to the world of like you know uh creating self-improvement um you know building goals right that that's cool so i think new year's resolutions does do that for a lot of people it gives them a little bit of like renewed energy to focus something so i'm not like anti it at all um if you want to know like like we can talk like i do have goals i try to do them in like six or no no three months three months at a time like kind of like like i said like um as a creative person um like thinking in like a year, like it gets like, as far as like working on the creative project, like that stresses my brain out. Like I'm like, but in three months I can focus on like, all right, the task that I need to do to reach this goal. Uh, so yeah, I have a, I have like a health and fitness goal. I have a, a goal for my TikTok, and I have a goal for my podcast. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know how, how specific you want to get with them, but, um, I kind of treat it in like a, in like a in like a season. I want to build the entire brand around the podcast, and then eventually make a course. Uh, and it looks like I'm going to be collaborating with some companies in the creator economy, helping them, consulting them, uh, maybe working with them more full, like in like a full time basis. Uh, and um, but like for my personal brand, like I very much want to build the brand around the creators, our brands podcast, that's sort of like the foundation continue to make the TikToks and build that account and like create like, you know, a lot of reach for the podcast from there and then make a course. I don't know what the course is going to be yet because like, I really want it to be something I like 
don't half butt and uh and uh i really care about it i think it's going to be something i want to my, my thinking is i want to create something that is almost like the the template for how to think about charging your work as a creator so not like uh what what is whitelisting and like what is ad use and like all that stuff but more like the foundational like ways of like thinking about yourself as an abundant creator and like the, yeah. the, the ability to um, the impact that you're making on this brand and it's kind of building more self-confidence from like doing that inner work. Uh, but I'm just not that like, I'm good at doing it. Like I'm, I'm good at like putting it in practice. I'm still trying to figure out how to like communicate it and like tell it to someone else. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, you asked me what my goals are. Like, yeah, uh, drop a course this year build the podcast to uh it would be it'd be nice to get it to about 10,000 listens this year uh a month or no an, an episode and and get the and obviously get the TikTok to a million baby uh yeah, we're, we're, go. we're, we're going there we're going there it's been pretty nuts to see what TikTok has done in such a short period of time i mean from it going to dances to now within like the last six months, I feel like it's almost transformed and, and added another layer to itself in content creation and branding. And, you know, that whole aspect is just, it's really transformed to me at what it started out as. Bro, I, I got this, I got this sheet right down here of, of companies that I've been in contact with. And I'm, I'm, this is not a flex by any means. Yeah. I, I, I'm, ta- I'm saying this to to share the opportunity on this thing because I thought it was a booty shaking app. I thought it was just like, <laughs> you know, um, I, I honestly didn't even want to put it, anything on there. I, uh, I started making these shorts for YouTube shorts because uh, I, I wanted to get, I want to get into speaking too and like public speaking. I love being in front of people, telling stories. So I was like, all right, these shorts are a fun way to like, to experiment and like scale yeah. these ideas that I'm having, these conversations I'm having with people, with friends. Um, so I started on YouTube shorts. Then like they weren't really hitting and this was last year. And then I started putting them on Instagram reels and they were doing all right. I got a couple shares, got a couple hundred followers, but then I was just like, all right, whatever. I'll throw them up on TikTok. And like, yo, by far the most reach on, on, on TikTok, like not even close. Yeah. So then I just started, I was like, all right, I'm going to start focusing on there. The same way I talked about Jack Butcher. I was like, all right, that's the account I'm going to focus on for, you know, for this, this chapter right here. Then these companies, I'm telling you, I would probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like 15 companies that are worth a, a lot of millions of dollars yeah. <laughs> like like so let's say that's over a hundred million dollars worth of companies came across my idiotic content you know whatever how how much you want to dumb it down like saying it's tiktok videos through tiktok right like so the, the opportunity i'm only sharing that because like i want someone to hear that and be like wait there's actually opportunity here cool i'm going to start posting stuff whether like whether tiktok makes sense for, for you or not like for some people it will but there is opportunity on this platform. And I will caveat, not all these com- not all these companies once they got to know me wanted to work with me. But <laughs> but still like as like a top of funnel conversation with a legitimate company that I want to work with, they came across my content on this app and I only have I'm considered very small still. Like I'm only at 53,000, 54,000 right now. Um 
so like you don't even have to be like that crazy of a, of a of a like a follow have a crazy following to a- actually have these conversations yeah and that's the look, it's just wild the way that it's happening it, it makes me think too of web3 and i don't know how how much you've gotten into that space but kind of the transformation from that side of you know having four or five six big companies running that tech media side of things with you know instagram facebook tiktok to now this like transformation that we're kind of seeing with nfts and you know creators getting that their ownership on certain things you know you someone else buys you know, a secondhand piece of art that's already been transferred from one person to the other. And then the creator gets credit for it again. I mean, that, that concept is almost even more so curating the fact that creation and this creation economy that's come from social and and from technology is not going anywhere anytime soon. Totally. I, I, and that's a world that I'm not, um, I don't have, uh, the, the most knowledge around, but like all my spidey senses say like, that's where it's going to be like, yeah. uh, but what I will say is like, cause I've tried to, I've tried to get into it. I'm actually, there's a couple people that in my community that are that Um, I'm hoping to be able to collaborate with and kind of have them as like my right hand person. And like, how do I figure out like what my web three project will be? But the one thing that I've noticed, and I might be wrong, but like, I was like trying to observe this. I was like, all right, who are the people that are winning in Web3? Like, who are the people that have like made a come up? And what I realized was the people that are winning the most in Web3 right now, the most of them are people that are winning in Web2. Like they have an audience already and they were able to just think like, like throw it over to like these <laughs> Web3 concepts. Like, you know, the Gary V, the Beeple, like, you know, all of the, like uh, Jack Butcher, like all of these people you know there are some other projects that they're like kind of growing organically in the web3 mm-hmm. space but i say at least the public ones the ones that i see um that ones is not totally like you know seeing the everyday movements of it because yeah. i'm just like not in the world as much it seems like so like for me i'm like all right my strategy is to continue to build my audience in web2 then when like the concepts make more sense to me and like there's more tools around it like then i can like use these constraints to build like these projects that will thrive in web three. Yeah. But once like, again, creative constraint. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's once again, that, that thing, you know, because every shiny object, well, if you're not doing this very well, then why are you going to transfer to this and then do two things average yeah. instead of doing one thing? Great. Yeah. To yeah. me, that, that makes a lot more sense. A hundred percent. Tom, what is your definition of success? Man, it's, it's being happy. It's feeling good about who you are. Uh, it's having like a good meal. It's like literally just like, it's, it's like, dude, it's the simplest thing. It's like having like, you know, you know, when you walk into your house and like, you have like a bunch of, like a fresh set of groceries from whole foods. Like it's (laughs) like that feeling, right? Like walking in after a workout, after a productive day, and just like having a kitchen full of Whole Foods groceries, that is success <laughs> to me. <laughs> I love it. With, with with the with your favorite people, with with your favorite yeah. people, that's success to me. <laughs> Man, that's and that's really speaks to me too because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, will get so caught up in 
the tiny things and where they aren't instead of what is currently here. Like every high performer and achiever knows that fine line between setting goals, thinking down the road, but not getting too far down because then you're really going to be like kind of miserable in the present because you're like not even here, you know? And that's, it's a weird thing to think about, but I have to constantly remind myself that because it's like, dude, you can get down a wormhole. You turn around, it's four weeks. You might be dealing with a bunch of anxiety and depression because you can't be here in the moment. Bro, it's such a, it's such a good thing to bring up. And, and I will say that like in a podcast format, in, in an interview, I cute, my, my lips are chat. Um, it's all I, good, man. It, it's it's it, cold it, season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 in the, hold up. You know, I had to cut this out. I think I, oh, it's on that side. You got it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in this podcast format, like being able to answer the questions, like I can answer it like with like, yeah, like that's success to me. I oft I have to remind myself of that a lot. Like the, the things that like bring me the most joy is like, literally like, like having an engaging conversation with someone that is like bringing a new perspective to me. It's like literally go, it's literally shooting hoops with my little brother. It's like the simplest things, but yeah, we get caught up. Like it's so easy to get caught up in like the, um, the everyday, like, like trying to like show the world that like we're a success trying to build this Mm. thing to prove to something like, so I think like, yeah, I have to remind myself of it on a consistent basis, but I mean, one of the best practices is like, you know, journaling on gratitude is meditation is I, you know, literally going for walks, drinking water, like just like reminding myself of like what we do have. Um, and, and I feel like I, I don't know if it's placebo or it's just in our head, but I, I, I think reminding yourself of what you do have attracts more of what you want. And I don't know. Um, that, that's, that's how I, I try to, uh, I, I operate as much as possible, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at it, but uh, I'm, I'm getting better and better. Yeah. None of us are. I mean, we could go down, we're going to have to have you back on because we could go I, down I'm, that, dude, I'm game. I'm that game. whole entire road of yeah, bro. experiences with meditation and, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm go. game. This is, this has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, uh, I would love to, ho- I would love to hop back on. Uh, I, I you're a great interviewer. Uh, if there's any way that I could uh, assist the show, uh, anyone that is listening um, that wants to reach out, come check out bonus footage on TikTok or Instagram. I put all the content on TikTok and I take the the ones that I think are more like polished and I put them on Instagram. And then the podcast is is um, uh, creatorsourbrands.com. And we're building, baby. I'm, I'm building. I'm, I'm, yeah, let, let's get it. Well, thank you, Tom, so much for coming on. Y'all go check him out at bonus footage everywhere, anytime. Hit him up. <laughs> You got some stuff coming. You know, we couldn't give the whole synopsis, but be on the lookout for that too. Tom obviously has great experience and knowledge on what he's doing and building. So definitely go check him out and show some love. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. My man, have a wonderful night.